Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Edmonton was high on my list. Um, they got a lot of skill up front, and I think they have a great future ahead. I still don't have a Stanley Cup, so I think joining this team is pretty exciting uh, when I look at the potential that the lineup has. My decision was uh, pretty easy, obviously, with those high-caliber players they have on their roster, and just being in the hockey city uh, made my decision real easy. This is Ryan Eugene Hopkins. This is Oscar Platt. This is Malala. This is Cam Talbot. This is Connor McDavid from your Edmonton Oilers. This is oil country. And this is Oilers now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Service for all brands of print equipment in your office? Yeah, Digitex does that. D-I-G-I-T-E-X dot C-A. Now, Bob Stoffer on the official radio station of your Edmonton Oilers, 630 Shed. the rock machine picking our music today i don't know who that is but it sounds good patrick you can fill us in uh, that on that is a uh, monster truck good canadian monster man. truck yeah what a name yeah you never heard of them no oh man they've got a lot of hits out there <laughs> educate yourself young man <laughs> see i like edm i'm starting to like country i'm not much of a rocker but oh wow uh, yeah. okay well then um i'll, I'll find you a country tune next time right? <laughs> <laughs> what about one more time uh the old song by daft punk when i when we close off the show because this is my last show i guess i like that. Oilers yep. now until uh, you know bob's back taking over so we'll, we'll go with that later on but anyways this is oilers now brought to you by digitex trusted by 630 ched visit their new e-commerce site and order supplies printers and more digitex.ca Bob will join us at 12.15. He's back in this chair on Monday, and he'll have a big guest in studio uh, for that show. At 12.35, friend of the show, Elliot Friedman will join us for a rare summer appearance. A one-off, I guess you could say. Of course, he joins us during the regular season. We give him the summers off, but he will join us today with the latest on Eric Carlson because this is getting more interesting by the day. So we'll talk to Elliot about that uh, at 12.35. At 1.05, a good friend of mine, Greg Reynolds, over from Kissin' Country, 
will join us in studio, and we'll talk about the Oilers a bit, some hockey stuff, but Greg's a big NFL guy, as am I, and uh, we will talk a little bit about the NFL as well. It's my last show. I know not everyone's going to like to hear NFL talk uh, on Oilers now, but we'll talk about it for 10 minutes or so uh, with Greg at that time. At 135, Aaron Porchline will join us. He is from The Athletic in Columbus to talk about the latest with the Blue Jackets. Lots of uh, interesting stories going on with that team right now, and we'll hit and all that with Aaron at 135. You can call on our Oilers Now hotline at 780-496-0063. Brought to you by the River Creek Resort and Casino. They have April Wine on September 2nd. They also have Steve Earle on the Dukes, the 30th anniversary of Copperhead Road on September 23rd. Text us 630-630. Brought to you by Westlock Ford. If you're looking for a new vehicle, go see Paul Olson at Westlock Ford or check out their great selection today at westlockford.com. Worth the drive to get your new ride. You can follow us on Twitter at Oilers Now, at Brandon Ulrich. Brad's Twitter handle is at producer Brad W. He's helping produce the show uh, today as, as he has been for the last few weeks as well. We should give Bob Layton a Twitter plug as well for that intro he gave me there, Brad. That was uh, sensational. You talk about a sell before a show. I mean, that R would have covered about two <laughs> lines in a text message right now. <laughs> Bob is fired up for the show. He loves oh, he it. He loves it. And you can follow Bob on Twitter at I'm Bob Layton. So there you have it. And he always has plenty of great insight. So Bob is a worthy follow. Bob Stoffer and Bob Layton, they have everything covered, news and sports. Can't wait to hear it all again at 106 when he brings us back here, back to uh, Oilers now. So that was awesome. So uh, we can get used to that. Oh, yeah. Anyways, we should probably get to some business here. Um, we'll get to NHL today in a second. But first... HRA celebrate the biggest day in Western Canadian racing, the 89th running of the Canadian Derby. Tomorrow at North Lines Park, Speck was in studio yesterday, and we talked about uh, the big upcoming event, but that is tomorrow over at North Lines, so looking forward to that. All right, Brad, we have Bob coming on in uh, four or five minutes, so let's get right into NHL today. I met with uh, Drew Shamhorn over at Elite Promotional Marketing before the show today, and he'll be back doing NHL today for the season, and uh, as well as a few other exciting uh, things that we have planned. But anyways, this is NHL Today for Elite Promotional Marketing, more than just sportswear. All right, thanks, Brendan. Ottawa Senators defenseman Eric Carlson denying that report that he is unwilling to sign a long-term extension with any of the seven Canadian teams. Carlson, of course, as you know, has been the subject of trade talks for months now. The uncertainty continues. Training camp is right around the corner. The 28-year-old is a two-time Norris winner and is coming off a 62 Point season. The Columbus Blue Jackets and head coach John Tortorella continue to negotiate a new deal. Tortorella's accumulated a 129-94-23 record and has qualified for the playoffs in back-to-back seasons, adding a Jack Adams award in 2017. Keeping with the Blue Jackets, the club and star goalie Sergei Bobrovsky has not actively negotiated a new contract in quite some time. Bobrovsky is heading into the final year of his current deal, which carries a cap hit of $7.4 million. In 65 games last season, he posted a 921 save percentage 
pardon me, that, yeah, 921 save percentage and a 2.42 goals against average. Longtime Winnipeg Jets defenseman Tobias Enstrom is heading home to Sweden. Enstrom has failed so far this offseason to sign with a team, returning to Modo, where he started his professional career. In over 700 games with the Thrashers Jets franchise, Enstrom racked up over 300 points in 719 games. And with a few teams already announcing to include throwback jerseys this upcoming season, a couple more are joining the party. Both the Boston Bruins and Chicago Blackhawks have announced they will be turning back the clock for the 2019 Winter Classic. They'll be wearing sweaters from the 1920s and 1930s. Brendan? Yeah, I love the classic jerseys. Um, we'll have to find out from Bob if he knows anything about uh, if the Oilers will be unveiling a third jersey or not uh, this season. I would assume they will. Uh, I haven't heard anything on it, though. There were some rumblings earlier in the offseason, but uh, we'll wait and see on that front. The Carlson thing is interesting, and uh, we'll find out exactly what's going on there with Elliot Friedman at 12.35. He's been on uh, that beat uh, all summer long. And if you remember earlier in the summer, it was like, okay, the deal's done. He's going to Tampa Bay. And then that sort of fell through. I'm not quite sure what happened there. Now there's these Vancouver rumblings. And then it's, no, he's not going to Vancouver. Now maybe he would sign the Canadian team. So it's all a little bit of... uh, you know, unknown business, I guess, at this time. Yeah, and I mean, for him to to say that he's now willing to stay in Canada, essentially, denying the report that he would not be willing to, I mean, that just creates more speculation of where he could go. Will he go to Vancouver? I can't personally see that happening. It sounds like more teams in the Western Conference have pieces available to trade for him. The Tampa Bay thing is interesting, though. I, I really hope Elliot can provide some uh, some insight into that because, like you said, a few months ago, deal was done. Yeah, that's. I don't understand why. I mean, Tampa Bay has all these assets; they could easily, you know, trade one of them that they wanted Carlson that bad. But maybe they weren't giving the uh, player that Ottawa wanted. Maybe they wanted points, or maybe they wanted Sergachev. And Tampa Bay was saying, "No, we're not trading either of those players." So maybe that's. Maybe they're still holding out on hope that they could get one of those guys for Tampa's sake but uh, with these other teams now potentially in the mix we'll see what happens um yeah I don't I agree with you on Vancouver it didn't make a ton of sense to me when I first heard about that but you never know they do have some young intriguing prospects but for me I don't see why Vancouver would want to part with them at this time like you just drafted Hughes you don't want to trade him you don't want to trade Pedersen who looks like an absolute stud so I don't know yeah, and the thing with Tampa Bay, I wonder if maybe Carlson was potentially unwilling to sign an extension there, or maybe Tampa Bay realized that if this guy wants to re-up for $11-plus million yeah. a season and you already have the cap hits of Kucherov, Stamkos, and the list goes on with that club, how do you fit that in the mix? I don't know. Yeah. So there's a few different things that may have happened there. Obviously, Elliot Friedman can hopefully uh, provide more insight and clear all that up, but Ottawa... The time they need to trade this guy. Yeah, it just has to happen. I would say at some point here. I just if this carries through, and if they say this lasts all the way to the trade deadline next season, the return that they're going to get for him is going to be nothing compared to what they could have had in the last eight to twelve months. So, hopefully, a deal gets done for his sake and the team's sake and the city's sake because there's so much happening in Ottawa, and a lot of it is bad news for both fans and the club. So. I just hope a deal gets done and both parties can move on. 
I agree, and uh, I think it will get done at some point here before the start of the season. The Eskimos, by the way, couldn't get the job done last night. Oh boy, a lot of upset uh, Eskimo fans today, and I get why. Um, But let's be a little bit realistic here. I mean, it was tough for the Eskimos to go into Hamilton on a short week. Uh, Of course, with Hamilton coming off the bye, they clearly didn't have, you know, everything in the gas tank last night. I mean, they're coming off a short week. It's hard to play on Thursday. Hamilton with a bye. Having said that, there are some concerning issues that keep on happening with the Eskimos that, you know, has you a little bit worried. So I understand that. But at the same time, when it comes to last night, that short week with Hamilton off the bye, I think that played a factor in the loss. I mean, the Eskimos looked great in the second quarter, but that was about it. Um, So it is interesting to see the offense sort of just do nothing at times when they have all that talent, and then when they can turn it on, they look great. But why can't they do it consistently at times? That's a bit of an issue. The defense struggled, of course, last night against Hamilton. Um, I still have no idea why Brian Mitchell was scratched last night. I mean, he opens things up in the middle of the field. I mean, he was creating first down after first down against Montreal. Then you scratch him. I get why you want to get Hazelton in there, but to me, that made no sense last night. And maybe Mitchell could have been a bit of a a game breaker in that game for the Eskimos last night. But uh, they lose to Hamilton. And, uh, oh boy, it gets uh, tougher Moving forward here for the Eskimos with Labor Day just around the corner. All right, Bob Stoffer joins us, and I'm sure he'll have uh, some input here on the Eskimos too. Maybe we'll start there, Bob, before we get into the other stuff since I was just talking Eskimos. What did you make of that game last night? Uh, I'm disappointed that they've got a 6-4 and four record right now, Brendan. I mean, to me, uh, you know, Toronto, they lose Ricky Ray. you got to win. A, you know, I know they beat him. Neither of the two games against Toronto were enthralling matchups, but you have to find a way to to beat that Argos team. Uh, and then they've squandered the leads against BC, and they, they've squandered the lead, obviously, last night against Hamilton. I mean, this team could easily be 8-2, and 9-1, and one, you would think, and uh, based on the second half of the schedule, they put them I, I, you know, in, a, in a pretty challenging spot here. And so I actually thought at the 10-game mark they were going to be 7-3 or three and, or 8-2. And it, you know, it, last night was frustrating, but it was predictable to watch. And they got a, a great quarterback. Uh, they've got two big time playmakers uh, at receiver. Uh, you know, CJ Gable for me is not the same guy he was a couple of years ago, but he's still. And again, again, I say all of this deferring to guys like, uh, you know, uh, Morley and Dave that are around the team on a day to day basis to Blake Dermott that see them more than me, but. I'm still watching all the games because I still love the Eskimos, and it, it's frustrating because I just I don't think they've capitalized on the opportunity that's there. And in a year that they're hosting the Grey Cup, in my mind, they needed to be at eight and two or or even even nine and one at this stage because uh, they've got a very tough second half of the schedule. Yeah, they sure do. And all of a sudden, Saskatchewan appears to be coming on as well with a healthy Kalaros. I know the Eskimos just beat uh, Saskatchewan, but that was Kalaros' first game back. And they're a team to watch. And, of course, Calgary's so good. Winnipeg's in the mix as well. And BC just beat the Eskimos, so don't count them out either. Well, yeah, I mean, I think Edmonton is better than BC. Uh, with Saskatchewan, like the Eskimos, you know, this is – and I, I get lots of feedback on this from uh, – you know, guys that uh, tweet me personally, I mean, I think there's some concern. I mean, how much talent's been brought in over the last couple of years under Brock Sunderland? 
Uh, obviously, there's the ongoing questions about Benavides in terms of, you know, what is the makeup of uh, the defense. Uh, injuries have played a factor there and from a ratio perspective and certain guys going out. Again, you're down there uh, for the game itself. Um, and then there's questions about, you know, the game management from the coaching perspective. I mean, I've always really personally liked uh, Jason Moss. And, uh, you know, think that you, you, you know, in his case, there's a lot there to continue to grow and improve, but uh, I don't see, frankly, a lot of guys making big plays uh, defensively at critical times. I don't think I'm the only one that's feeling that way. So that's a bit of a, uh, bit of a concern. So yeah, 100% agree with you on the defense without the big plays. I mean, they've been pretty steady of late, but last night they were sort of exposed well, at that, times. Brendan, that's something Saskatchewan. I mean, one thing, Chris Jones. I, I think we saw with Ed Hervey. Uh, you know, he could go to places and find players. And I think we saw with Chris Jones in concert, you know, I mean, I, it's too bad what happened happened. You can't, you know, but that combination, I think, could have given Calgary a consistent run for the best team in the CFL for a number of years. Now, one guy's in Saskatchewan. He wanted his own destiny. Uh, whatever happened with Herbie has happened. And there's, you know, different. Some people tell me, you know, Terry Jones ran at Herbie out of town. I don't, I don't know about that, but... Um, you know, and, and then, you know, they brought in a guy who did some good work in Ottawa and Brock Sunderman, but is not a named guy. And so, you know, we're a year and a half in a list with Sunderland and Jason Moss. And, um, you know, you know, they're at a point where they're six and four. They probably should be seven or three or eight, and two. And they got a tough part of the schedule. And it's an important year because they're hosting the Great Cup. And we all want to see them play in that Great Cup final at home. Uh, and I'd say right now that, to me, uh, I'd be concerned that Winnipeg and Saskatchewan are both better than the Eskimos, along with, uh, obviously, Calgary's better than everybody. But the playmakers that Saskatchewan has on defense, that's, that's going to be a game-changer. And that's why they can knock off at Calgary, because they can exert pressure. And uh, and then you look at the Bombers, and I think they're a pretty good team. So you, you're kind of disappointed that they didn't get it done last night. And also, given that they blew the lead against BC before, Brandon. And so, yeah. okay, so you went through that experience against BC. So do something different. And it just, as you watch the second, I don't know about the, the listeners, but for me, and I was over at a, a an establishment after hosting an event last night for the Oil Kings, uh, that, uh, you know, uh, went and saw my man Dan Baker over at Pub 1905, and we watched the second half of the game together. And we were sitting around with six or seven guys, and these guys know sports. Uh, some of them played at a pretty high level, and uh, a lot higher than you and me. And, you know, we're all sitting there thinking the same thing. They're going to lose this game. And I don't know if you felt that way, but that's kind of how I felt as I watched the second. I was like, they're not getting any conversions done. Too many, there's too many second alongs, so they're not getting any conversions. And they kind of, to a certain extent, they made some plays to gain the lead in the second quarter. And you're thinking, well, they squandered it against BC. They've learned from it, right? And it, it didn't come to fruition. I think that's that's got to be concerning for Eskimo fans in a really important year in Edmonton. Yeah, I think that's fair. We'll find a little bit more. We'll I'll find out a lot about the Eskimos against Calgary uh, on Labor Day. So we'll see what happens there. Bob, uh, by the way, tell uh, Dan you'll have to invoice uh, me for uh, that plug there, by the way. So just uh, to clear, clear that one up. No, just kidding. Not a chance. <laughs> Are you now the client rep or what? No, I'm just bugging you. That's funny. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. 
From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Anyways, it's a whole new world. I'm just joking around. Okay. You know what? I mean, I don't, I don't lie as to where I was, right? Yeah. So. <laughs> That's fair. Okay, so let's get to the Oilers here, Bob, because we went on with, with the Eskimos for a little bit there. Um, you haven't had a chance to chime in on Jarebeck since uh, you've been away for the last two weeks, but uh, what do you make of this signing, and how does it maybe change uh, any potential or any other potential moves for the Oilers on D, or is this what we're looking at to start training camp? Well, actually, Brendan, I have had a, a chance to chime in on Jarabic. Uh, it's called Twitter. And uh, Well, I meant uh, on your show, okay? Uh, yeah, and I, and I actually did a couple other shows, but, but we didn't want to bombard you with me over the course of the two weeks. So, uh, But uh, you know what? I, I, I got pretty positive feedback from guys in Montreal and watching it on them that they think something's there. I think given the situation that occurred with Secra, uh, it's you know, that might be the best available option they had at that time. So they bring him in. Uh, I know some people were surprised on the, on the price point. You know, and I, I don't know if it's official, but it, it's out there that's at a million bucks. Um, I mean, a couple of guys I talked to around the league think that he can certainly play in a third pairing in the National Hockey League. The one thing he can do, you know, we talk about the difference between transitioning and transporting. Like Darnell Nurse can trans, and I know we're going to hit on Darnell, but Darnell can transport it while... Jarabic can transition it because he can. He moves the puck up quickly. He's a smart player. That's the biggest thing. He's smart. He gets pucks through from the point. He's competitive defensively. He does not have elite feet. Uh, so third pairing guy and a stop gap potentially because I think that they're waiting to find out the orders. What's the duration of you know what are we looking at for Sacra? Like is he out for the year? Is he out for you know five months? We don't know yet. Like if he's coming back in January, uh, we're talking. You know, I guess that's four months. Uh, we're talking a different scenario. Actually, three and a half months, which is unlikely. So let's say he comes back in February. You're looking at a different uh, scenario from an LTI perspective, LTIR. If he's out the entire year, and, and it might change the makeup of what you might be able to potentially obtain as well. So, you know, do you move a two million dollar winger and get back a guy that's a four, you know, five million dollar cap hit? Or is there an opportunity to get somebody else's player? That, you know, I, I don't know. I don't have that answer for you right now. But I do know guys think that Jarabic can play in the league and play in a third uh, pairing role. Okay. Yeah. No, I, I like the signing. I mean, with what was out there, it makes the most sense to me. And uh, now there's more competition on the back end. At the very least, maybe it pushes a few guys down the depth charts. You're not really rushing anyone, uh, such as the Bear or Bouchard, if they're not ready. Yeah, I, well, again, I think Bouchard's going to get a long look. It wouldn't surprise me if he's on the plane with us when we go to uh, Germany and Sweden. Uh, I don't think Bear's ready uh, yet. I know that there's a lot of people that were really excited with him down the stretch last year. Uh, he's, he he can process the game. 
and I'm going to be intrigued to see. I think it's important to see what Jay Woodcroft does with him. I mean, I look at Yamamoto, and he's in a slightly different spot because he's in a less responsible position. And in Bouchard's case, I, I mean, he's basically been playing in a pro environment. He's pretty much 19. So I, I do think Bouchard will start the year in Edmonton. I don't think he'll finish the year in Edmonton. I don't think Yamamoto will start the year in Edmonton, and I do think he'll finish the year in Edmonton. So uh, there's a bit of a look at the you know different positions and that sort of thing. And in Bear's case, yeah, I could see him finishing the year here at Edmonton. Again, I, but I, I think he needs to play a lot. Let's not forget, he missed a lot of time last year, Brendan, down in Bakersfield. Give me a rip on Eric Carlson here, Bob, because we have Elliot coming up at 1235. Yeah. So I don't know if you're hearing anything on that front or what do you make of this Vancouver? I, I, you know, uh, I mean, I saw Gary Ox report yesterday on uh, on TSN and he mentioned Vegas that uh, San Jose was trying to kick tires. Uh, Tampa Bay was one of the teams that was listed. I still think the Rangers, even though they talk about a rebuild, could get in the mix there as well. They've got pieces that can make it interesting. I'm missing one other team, but uh, um to me, Vegas makes the most sense. Uh, Vegas has got did, oh Dallas was the other team. Mm. Um, you know what? I, I knowing a little about how things shook down with Bronger. Uh, you know, sometimes it's you know in a perfect world you you, you go for A, B, and C. And I you know I think obviously they're looking for a, a current player that's pretty good, a first round draft choice, and a good prospect. Like those three things would have to be in that. In my opinion, I look at Vegas. Uh, they don't have Shea Theodore signed. Um, they, uh, they they had three first-round picks last year. Two of them are centers. You know, one's Glass, one's Suzuki. And then they've got lots of picks over the next couple of years. So they've got their own number one, but they've got uh, a couple seconds in back-to-back years there. So, I mean, could you put together a package like with Theodore, uh, Nick Suzuki, a number one and a number two, get it done under the assumption that Carlson signs? I think if I'm Vegas, I have to contemplate doing that because, I mean, you're talking about a uh, Norris Trophy-winning defenseman and a guy that gives Vegas a different type of dimension. I think they might be in the best position to land him, but I'm going to be very intrigued to see what Elliot has to say coming up at 1235. Make sure you look after him and remind people that Elliot's appearances on Oilers Now are brought to you by River Cree Resort Casino. And I'll also tell you the best pizza in the city is still making a great Royal Pizza, multiple locations in Edmonton. Visit the original Royal Pizza in Old Strathcona, 48-plus years Brendan Ulrich, thank you for hosting the show the next two weeks, and you're in on September 7th. Did you know that? No, I didn't, so I guess uh, well, I'll now, be bud. looking forward to that. So <laughs> I know you have a big guest on Monday as well, Bob. I don't know if you wanted to announce no, that we now, or we'll save it. Yeah, we're, well, we're working on, a, we're working on a, a different type of week, just the, the lead-in before the players get into town. So uh, we're going to sort of rotate some other themed guests uh, over the course of that week, but not necessarily players. Awesome stuff. Okay, Bob, uh, we'll talk to you on Monday. I'll slide by and Dallian. bug you a little bit. Yeah, okay, that's Bob Stoffer, regular host of this program, back in this chair on Monday. We're late for the news. Patrick, well, we didn't even take a break prior to this, so uh, we'll we'll make it up as we move along. But uh, Bob Layton has your 1230 news. We're back with Elliot Freeman. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.